Good day, I'm Peter Talgart, CEO of Grain South Africa. Please allow me today to share with you, as part of a continued podcast series, some relevant information. Chris, Kubis, good afternoon and, and thanks for the time joining us. Um, Chris, specifically in terms of, of SAFEX and the JSE, you've been involved uh, with SAFEX since the early days and, and back uh, uh, since we started with deregulation. Potatoes and beef, if I recall correctly, was the first uh, commodities that was listed. And the rest is basically history, the way I see it. But just a uh, quick reminder from your side, and then still today, what is the main intention and the focus of a futures market? Yes, thanks, uh, thanks, Peter. Uh, really, I appreciate the opportunity just again to to have this chat. So, so yeah, the, the good function of the futures exchange, and it's a good point that you read. What is the function of a futures exchange? Not necessarily just the one in South Africa, but if you think globally, the one really well known is the one in Chicago, but Euronext in, in uh, Europe is working exceptionally well. That underlying function is really around a price risk management uh, ability. And when I say price risk management ability is you're using either futures or option instruments to manage the price risk component of that underlying product. Um, I think uh, a secondary product or function of the futures exchanges around the world is it assists with price discovery. And when I talk about price discovery, really think, um, and it's good that we've got Quibus on the line as well, because there's a spot market price discovery function, and then there's a futures market um, price discovery function. And they are different, um, and they serve a different purpose. But uh, futures exchanges, they tend to keep the products standardized so that it enables many buyers and sellers to be able to connect on a standardized basis. But ultimately, think of that purpose as you want to have a product that takes away the price risk, either for the seller or for the buyer. Yeah, that's important. And um, I mean, what you what you just said, the hedging of Verskansing and, and Afrikaans is, is, is crucial, right? There's also the speculation side, but the location differential uh, is, is really a difficult topic, I want to say, especially for Grain SA, and there's currently be a model being tested on, on soybeans. What is your initial thoughts and, and view on this new model or system? Yeah, so Peter, I think uh, yeah, differentials for uh, some is 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 probably a swear word. For others, it's an enabler to be able to um, hedge effectively in the market, and and I guess it's important appreciating the role of um, the differential uh, in the derivatives market. Um, but yeah, to be credit uh, to, there's many many Grain SA members who fully understand the differential model and 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 its purpose. But I think really looking at the history and, and also what we've now been piloting with the soybean crop is the concept of instead of using a single reference point, rather consider multiple reference points when determining the differential, as well as then the standardization of the contract. So that means we move away only recognizing um, Ranfantine, but uh, with the soybean market, we've included a number of the processing plants as reference points for the contract. Um, it is definitely something new. Um, it, uh, you know, if, if you look at the work that's gone in behind the scenes from the academic community, uh, it's really been thought through, I guess, where the JSC decided was the only way to really test how effective and if it is adopted by the market is to actually put it in practice. Uh, 
Um, yes, uh, the JSC selected soybeans as the trial contract and, and maybe also understanding why soybeans are not maize because I think uh, the JSC has also come under a lot of flack because why did we choose soya and not something else? Uh, and why do we want to risk the soybean market? It's not. I think the timing for, for testing this model with soybeans for the JSC was right in the sense that we hadn't finalized um, the in implementation of the, the full differentials. Soybeans, even when it started out initially, um, did have a zero differential concept. And then obviously there was pressure to include more and more delivery points away from um, the areas of consumption. And so we introduced differentials. And now we are actually again testing the concept of this multiple reference point. Will it work? Will it be adopted? Um, I think this is a good challenge to the market participants to see if they will actually ad uh, ad adopt this new concept. Just looking at open interest, and, and for those who, who, who are not familiar with open interest, that's the number of open positions held by buyer and seller in the market. Um, for, for soybean market, uh, for the three expiries that represent uh, and will be governed by this new multiple reference point model being March, May, and July, open interest currently combined sits around 1,300 contracts. Um, if you look at the open interest for the same expiries last year, we were sitting at around 1,600 contracts. So if we had to kind of assess based on open interest, the market is is continuing to use the derivative contract. Um, we 300 contracts off the market at the moment, but I think the true test will come um, when we see, particularly moving uh, towards the end of this year, early next year, as more and more players then will use uh, consider the product as a hedge. And the other is the physical delivery component. Will there be price convergence? Um, and how will that, how effective will that work with the multiple reference point? So, so I think that the very positive is the JC is willing to explore other alternatives. Um, the challenge to every participant out there is, will they consider and utilize that alternative as a hedging mechanism or not? Quivis, um, I want to turn to you, and certainly very interesting what, what Chris is sharing here today. You started Max Exchange, um, and we met on Nambo 2022, and since then you spent a lot of time, you and your team, explaining the model and the system to me, but you also developed and innovated quite a lot since then. Quickly explain to us, what is Max Exchange? Peter, thank you for the opportunity to speak to you and and Chris, which I regard as as uh, leaders in this industry of us. Um, there's, there's, there's three parties that that has to be in, in alignment to get to a deal eventually. Uh, the first person or the first entity is is the the buyer. The buyer is the the beginning point of all cash flow. Very important a person that you have to make sure that you serve this person or entity's needs. Um, the second uh, entity or person that's very important in, in, in doing a deal in the grain industry is the producer. So the producer is the beginning point of the food chain or food security, the beginning point of all, all food in South Africa. <laughs> That's the beginning point of, of having enough food in South Africa. But the third party 
in this deal between producer and processor must never be forgotten, and that's the transporter. So we have two types of transport in South Africa, namely the railway network, uh, the railway network that we have, and and the road transport. Um, less than 15% of all grain is being transported on rail. Uh, the rest is transported on on trucks, uh, road trucks, and it's the supply and demand of of the, the the commodity plus the supply and demand of the road transport that plays a role in the eventual prices that 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 uh, that gets fixed on on certain points. So when you get to um, a a processor, um, there's there's a demand point created on a place where a product must be processed and there's a supply point that's that's created at the point where the farmer is preparing to sell his grain and it might be on the farm it might be in the silo it might be at the point of of processing and all these different points <clears throat> coexist coexist versus one another so the demand point of Sasco uh, or PepsiCo versus the demand point of um, Tiger Milling versus the demand point of uh, Premier Milling coexist in this ecosystem between various and many different supply points uh, from farmer. And if you add in between the dimension or the dynamic of, of transport, supply and demand, you get an almost impossible scenario that you can fix. Um, so my, my my first point is, is that suffix, in my opinion, is perhaps one of the, the most first world tools that we have in South Africa. And as a, a, a participant in this market since 1994, I am proud of the instrument that that suffix presented to us in the market uh, for many years now as a price risk management tool. I think the, the shortcomings of, of suffix is to determine the price anywhere in South Africa but Ranfontein. Um, it's doing a fantastic job at Ranfontein, but the moment you fixed things within this uh, structure of trying to discover the price, you skew the market. And what the magic chains does, it combines all three factors. The demand factor, the point of, of processing versus all the other points of processing, all the supply points of all the farmers producing the product that the, the processors want, but also includes the supply and demand of transport. And, and that's a, a continuous process of change. And I can uh, assure you that that transport rates that 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 we base this on is, is not theoretical transport rates, it's actual transport rates that we are uh, shifting or moving grain from point A to point B. And only within the match exchange, these transport rates varies dramatically in one route, not even mentioning between different routes. 
So it's a it's a, 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 a the the basis discovering process versus suffix on any production point or supply point in South Africa is a, a, a live living process and and cannot be fixed. So the supply and demand in one day of transport can differ from the another from the following day which means that your basis price at a supply point may differ from one day to another day at the same, exactly the same price. The moment you start fixing these uh, uh, parameters of, let's call it then the, the uh, transport differential or try to fix the, the basis between points, you get a skew impression of, of what the market is really doing uh, on supply on supply side and what the magic chance does it allows the producer to choose where he would like to the, the market to be and and um, and the uh, obviously the demand side to choose where he would like to show the demand of his product and the ultimate point is the point of processing the grain but in the world of, of, of grain, the farmer will always be a price taker. And it, it's, it's not a phenomenon that's only uh, in South Africa, but all over the world, farmers is price takers. And the only way that a farmer can make sure that he gets the right price for his product at a certain time is to have choices. And the moment you are channeling the farmer into less choices by enforcing a certain transport differential in a certain silo, you are lessening the farmer's choices. So what we do within the match exchange with our technology is what we're saying is that supply and demand must work for everybody as possibly equally. And from the from the demand side, there will always be a final point of demand, and that's the processing point. All other points is derived from that final processing point demand. Whether it's the transporter providing a service to that point, or the silo operator providing a service, or the trader that try to connect a farmer and buyer to that final point of demand, everybody is playing a role, and whatever cost structure there is is eventually deducted from the farmer. So when you lessen the choices and options of a farmer, then the system becomes unfair. And that might be one of the reasons why the transport differential in the past uh, was such a controversial subject. And um, um, I, I know that, that it's, a, it's a subject that farmers gets really hot under uh, uh, under the skin and and really pushes for something to change. But in all all fairness, uh, to, to suffix regards the the transport differential. Up to now, there wasn't any substitute for for that, and I think they did their absolute best to to sort of give the market the structure where you can, can at least determine more or less what the basis price must be. And, um, and I think technology has changed so quickly the past three to four years that 
you are now uh, in a position to write algorithms that in instant in an instant can determine the various basis points of all producers anywhere in South Africa versus certain demand points. And the demand points, which is ultimately um, the point of where the product is needed, can determine its relative location versus all other demand points and to do and start doing price discovery of all these demand points relatively versus each other versus suffix. So what our algorithms does is each and every time there's a lot of a farmer being created or there's a lot of a buyer being created, that one single point of reference that the algorithm gets makes and calculates, make uh, billions of calculations to determine what the other relative uh, um, uh, basis calculations must be. And when a single transporter changes his rate, everything changes again. So it's a constant process of, of, of changes within our system that indicate to the market what the basis at a certain point must be. So, Peter, that's in, in really short what we do. Um, well, of course, that's a, that's indeed a lot, and, and to hear what match exchange is, is focusing on, or as you call it, the match exchange. <clears throat> My question then to both of you, but I want to start with with Chris. If you listen to what Kurvis now said, Chris, does the match exchange really compete with suffix? And do we then still need suffix? And and Kurvis, after Chris, you can you're welcome to to voice your opinion, but I would love to hear what what Chris is saying. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, so I guess Quibus uh, uh, mentioned choices, and I think uh, ultimately it's great. The market has many choices out there, which platforms uh, you ideally would like to to use and, and see. I think, again, just to be very specific, the, the difference with a futures exchange is you're hedging a price component three months, six months, a year, if you want to go even two years out. Um, and yes, it's on a, a single point, but it's also giving you the ability to find a willing participant, perhaps eight months or a year out. When you're trading with one single buyer, that particular buyer is not necessarily interested in buying today, but maybe in interested in, in three months. So the derivative market is, is in many ways able to uh, provide more liquidity because there's more participants. But as Quibus pointed out, it's a single reference point. Um, it was designed to be able to give you an effective hedging ability. Is is there room for both? That's a great question. <laughs> I think the market ultimately decides. Um, and, and in the same space uh, where Quibus is, there are many other platforms out there who, which have come to the market recently, um, which is also giving the, the market, both the farmer as well as the end user or the exporter, choices around which platform they would like to use. Um, so I, I don't, um, obviously I'm, I'm, I, I've seen the value of derivative instruments and um, their existence is definitely, I think if you look at structured markets, they add significant value to the marketplace, but in the same way, uh, a spot pl a platform where you can effectively secure a basis price is also 
going to remove, um, I guess perhaps it just helps educate the market and better understand uh, the value of the commodity in that specific silo or that specific point. Whereas I guess the JC through its endeavors with the publication of differentials gives you a once-off indication for the year. It wasn't going to, and it never been claimed that it is dynamic and reflects um, all the other components that are going into it. It just really gives you a buy of last resort uh, if you need to make deliveries. And I, I guess if you look at the month of July, July is generally a, a very large hedging month in the in the grains markets. And yeah, so again, Safex picked up uh, just just over half a million tons of of grain delivered in completion of a futures contract. So there's there's tonnages that that is obviously a small multiple of the number of futures contracts traded, but it still shows there's a there's a significant amount of value. So my view, there's definitely room for for many choices. Um, and ultimately, I'm glad that both the, the, the farmer, the miller, and even speculator has, has different choices that they can ultimately decide on, on which one to use. Certainly, I agree, Chris, and uh, it's all about using the right tool in your toolbox. But, Kovas, uh, 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 your, your view on this? Um, Peter, Chris is, is absolutely right that that suffix, in my opinion, is the best derivative uh, instrument that we have in South Africa. It's the only derivative instrument that we have, and it's functioning functioning perfectly. And the market is most definitely using that. And I would like to capitalize on the remark that Chris made in that we have to educate the market. Suffix currently is not a procurement tool, a good procurement tool. It's a fantastic risk management tool. Um, because there are certain elements within suffix when you use uh, suffix as procurement tool to aggregate volume from a from an off takers point of view in certain areas farmers might feel that the buyer is in a strategic better position than than the seller the farmer and that's why there's such a debate around around the transport differential and in some instances it might be the other way around but the match exchange is focusing on the physical product to get this buyer and seller together at any point where they choose to negotiate the deal that they choose to, to finalize the specific deal. And, and um, in, within the match exchange structure, you can create any point of buying and selling anywhere in South Africa, whether it's your farm, whether it's in the nearest silo or whether it's at the delivering point of any of the mills that uses your product that you're producing and that the market decides where the best option is. So the, the current silo structure that we have in South Africa, um, it is a legacy of, of, of the, the pre-free market system and, and uh, um, and the, and the market must decide whether a farmer would see it fit rather to put up his own storage space and create the, the market at his, at his farm versus at the mill gate and see where he can put the, the, the most money into his pocket. Because um, at the end of the day, it's about choices. It's about making the market factors work to determine what it must be. 
Uh, one of the the, the silo operator, operator CEO just mentioned on Nampu to me in a discussion. If you are a silo operator today and you think your only asset is your silo infrastructure, you're making a huge mistake because currently the market is reevaluating everything and technology is uh, making it easier to evaluate all the options that you have. To, to, to make a calculation, what's netto best for you in your pocket. But to your question whether the match exchange is a replacement for suffix or that we envision that perhaps, most definitely not. I think um, the match exchange needs suffix as a hedging tool because all the prices that, that gets established on the match exchange is versus the suffix reference point of Randfontaine. And we would like to make that more visible so that you can see how the, the, the prices changes in, in a day or two on a specific delivering point or at a, a specific uh, uh, farming production area. And, and sometimes these, these uh, points uh, various uh, between specific um, um, transport rates. And when transport rates changes between transporters and between supply and demand factors, um, it's very interesting how quickly you get to different basis calculations and different different basis, uh, basis prices and how that influenced the farmer directly where he produces his specific crop. Krubus, uh, what's the buying power on the match exchange and, and who's registered? But you also mentioned the commodities. Uh, I think this is something that I learned quickly is that you can also use other commodities besides the ones just registered on suffix. Um, one thing that we don't have any problem with, and I think we have about a 100% success rate, is to visit the off-taking client, that, that's the processors, and onboarding the client. So I will say currently 90% of, of the huge off-takers uh, is currently on the system and registered, ready to, 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 to do transactions. And the transaction flow on the match exchange is picking, picking up, I will uh, uh, say, on a weekly basis. We, we break records of the previous week and monthly we break records of the previous month. So the buying power is most definitely there. Um, What's hard work is to gain enough supply on the system. So the supply in the system, and I, Peter, I must must add that Nampu has given us a huge leap forward, uh, Nampu Buetavel, and we are so much looking forward to Nampu Cape, and we hope to to gain this same sort of success that we gained um, at Nampu Nampu Buetavel. Um, but there's, there's, there's um, a demand side which, which uh, we measure in terms of scouts being created. Now, a scout is where a farmer shows his intentions to sell a crop on the system and location. But it's not referring to a specific volume that the farmer would like to sell but only that he would like to sell um, his, let's say, wheat uh, at some point on the system or yellow maize at the system. So 
the the supply of that is in the excess of three million tons currently. But farmers is testing this the 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 services with small percentages of their crop. So a farmer that's producing two thousand tons will try us with a with a hundred or or five hundred tons. Um, those transactions is done extremely successful, and I I think. A farmer will not do the deal on the magic chains if it's not ultimately the best price that, he, that, that he's currently getting. So I can say for certain that the farmers that, that tested the system got the best price in the market at that specific point in time. So what, what needs to happen with the magic chains is time to build trust amongst farmers to make sure that, that, that they not only uh, offer 100 or 200 tons of the 2000 ton crop, but the full 2000 tons on the system to make sure that they get the base price of, of the, for their crop. So what, what we know, what's really important for a farmer to gain trust is the, the securement of, of payment. And we recently partnered, partnered with the Esgro company called GPay. So um, from now on, all payments from the big companies listed on the system will not land in the magic change bank account and then go into the farmer's bank account. So it will go directly from Tiger to the escrow account of GPay and then the transporter and the farmer and the seller operator will get uh, their money directly from the GPay account, a ledger account. And that's a in-time process of, of flow of money. So uh, GPay is connected with all the major banks in South Africa and Africa. And so when money flows, it's an instant flow of money. It doesn't matter whether you are an APSA bank, uh, a farmer versus a standard bank versus a, a net bank farmer. It's an instant flow of cash between the off-taker and the farmer. But it's still a message that has to get across to farmers that that on the magic change for a specific point, you will get the best price, but you will also be certain of your payment of your of your crop that you're selling on the magic change. And uh, Peter, these things takes time, but we we are so patient with this because the traction that that we're currently getting is. Um, is giving us so much energy that we're doing the right thing. And um, the most important feedback that we get is from the final off-taker, that we are constantly improving the basis at point of delivery, and we are um, making sure that the market works efficiently, that the point where grain gets delivered gets more efficient and more competitive, and that includes transport and where the farmer produces his grain and providing the farmer with that, that choices. Yeah, that's certainly very important, Quibus, uh, the, the guarantee of the payment and, and so forth in any transaction, especially the, the size of these transactions. But my final question, um, in, in grain, it's, it's really difficult compared to other commodities like, like fruit, for example, to create a, a brand, a unique value proposition for a grower. Do you see any opportunities for farmers with, with the product you're having in terms of, of what you shared, in terms of a rating system? Uh, uh, can you share some of this if you look in the uh, crystal glass? 
Peter, I, I think that's the, the 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 direction that the market is moving to be able to be the uh, to differentiate yourself. So let's start with the e with the easy easy things how you can differentiate yourself. So currently we we know that that load shedding and and ESCOM is is one of the hampering factors of of South Africa and the grain supply chain. So. Currently, we are outloading from certain silos according to a load shedding schedule, or silo operators is only operating in, in a certain uh, time frame per day, let's say from eight to five, uh, some even less than that. Uh, farmers is now offering on the, service, on, on, on the service, I can provide you a silo structure on my farm that I can outload 20 hours, uh, 24 hours a day but seven days a week. So I will make sure that your truck will not stand still for longer than, than one and a half, two hours on my premises. So without differentiating in the commodity, that farmer is busy differentiating him in terms of the service that he provides the market to get the grain up, uplifted and transported to a off-taker. Now, I can assure you the rates that we are currently getting um, is that that the rates from these farmers is in, in some instances 20 to 30 rands per ton cheaper to the same delivering point as from other standard silos, for example. So that's one point of differentiation that that farmers can use. It's because of the service that they provide on farm to get the product to the market. The next thing, uh, the next point of differentiation is to, uh, for example, differentiate yourself in terms of the quality that you are producing. So if you can ring fence the product, um, then you can, on, on the system, you can, you can offer it to the market in terms of pit hardness or coil, oil content or any other means of differentiation uh, on this uh, that that the market might need but for the first time the final off taker can scout on the market uh, the the match exchange market for a product that has a specific quality in terms of oil content uh, specific pit hardness con uh, uh, characteristic characteristic or Perhaps from a from a farm that you know that if I can outload on a on a Sunday afternoon and having the product early Monday morning on my doorstep, but also in terms of of uh, BEE as well, you know, um, the black empowerment uh, uh, factors in the grain industry sometimes gets lost between grain that's mixed and lost loses its identity in a silo, so. It provides perhaps a new look at, at uh, small scale or new farmers or black farmer development than any uh, any time before, because we, within the match exchange, the farmer with a specific BE rating might be surprised of the demand that he will create for himself or herself on the match exchange platform. So many opportunities to um, make sure that you can differentiate yourself within this space of te technology that the magic chains provide. Peter, if I could also just add, add here, I think in support what Quirvis is saying, I think 
it's a really exciting time for for the sector, whoever is willing, um, because this identity preservation is something that just will be able to give you that additional premium. Um, and and as MX have worked to that, I think Nextdeal is another platform that does the same. Th these providers, that is really a niche area where you can try and extract the additional premium uh, for your product. And I think. Um, Talking about outloading services, yeah, you know, we've seen it in the sector before. Even storage operators, certain sites will have better efficiency and therefore attract a better basis premium for the product. So I think uh, it's it, that's the space to be and to watch, and hopefully that also be able to convey an additional premium, particularly to your members, Peter, as as farmers being able to see where the extra value is and how they can extract that. But I think there's just one very, very important point never to forget. The basis component is, is that extraction and that efficiency that you're getting to the point. The hedging component still, and, and, and let's not lose sight of that. We live in, in markets where the prices are extremely volatile. And, and that's why you, it's, it's never going to be one or the other because you're looking to maximize on your basis premium, but you don't want to spend all your energy only on that and forget about the overall hedge program. And you you forget to hedge at 4,000 and the next thing you wake up, commodity prices trading 3,000 and you've seen a thousand rand uh, opportunity where you could have locked in, but you didn't participate. And that's why I think, again, the, the, the important message, and I think Corbis and myself, uh, there's choices out there but it's important that you always keep track of both. The, the fact is if you're not going to hedge and you're only trying to extract a basis premium, you could actually still be worse off because you've missed an opportunity to, to use your basic hedging principles that we've had over the years. Well, Chris and Kubis, there you have it. I think uh, a lot of innovation here really excites me. And as you said, and that's why I also earlier said, uh, use the right tool for the, for the right job. Um, so I thank you very much and uh, hope that all the listeners will appreciate this. Thank you, Peter, for, for, for being part of this. Uh, Chris, thank you for your input. And and uh, uh, and uh, I, I'm of the opinion that the magic change and suffix is actually much closer to providing uh, a service to the market that's unparalleled and, and that we are looking forward to the future. Thanks, Gorbis. Yeah, Thanks, Gorbis.